Hey everybody, welcome to the Vobis Dude Podcast. We're back today with a wonderful guest. Every guest is special, but today's guest is Petra, and we're going to be talking about dance and continuum dance companies. So Petra, I know that was a short intro. Can you fill it in for people who haven't met you? Yes, hi, my name is Petra. Um, I'm based in Jersey City, New Jersey. Um, I'm here to talk about my dance company, Continuum Dance Co., and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, and um, what, some background maybe. We grew up in the same neighborhood, actually, and we yeah. went to school, the same high school and the same university in New Jersey, Rutgers University. Yeah, so we've known each other for, what is that now, like 15 years? It's been a long time. It's been a, yeah. been, been a long time. So since we're talking about the past, maybe you could tell us how you got involved in dancing. Do you remember the first memory you had with it? I've been dancing since I was six years old. Um, my earliest memory is probably dancing to I Love Rock and Roll, but the Britney Spears version. Um, also and great. yeah, it was a great <laughs> one. And yeah, I've been dancing ever since. Awesome. And what is Continuum Dance Company for people who maybe haven't heard of it? So Continuum is a dance company for individuals who grew up dancing or have a really strong dance background, um, but ultimately ended up choosing to pursue a different full-time career path. So it's a way for them to keep dance as part of their life, just alongside the other things that they're now pursuing. Could you talk about like your own past with dance? Like I know you were super involved in mm -hmm. uh, up until high school and then also during university time and then you, you got into professional life and maybe you had less time with dance. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in college, I studied both communications and dance. And alongside that, I was really active in my university's dance company. Um, and it was just part of my life that was so prevalent and gave me so much joy. But as graduation approached, it, it kind of started to feel like the end of an era. It felt like my options were to either pursue a very stable corporate career or, you know, try my luck in the dance industry, which is truly difficult. I mean, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of rejection, a lot of uncertainty. And I just felt like the right path for me was to pursue the like nine to five typical Manhattan corporate grind. Um, but once I started that, I just felt like something was missing. Um, this thing that I had invested over a decade of my time to was all at once just kind of gone. And for some background, what is your day-to-day -day, uh, job? Yeah, so I work in global marketing. So I'm currently in the beauty industry mm -hmm. um, doing global marketing for a company in Manhattan. Okay, so, so basically you saw the need to kind of reconnect with, with your lifelong passion yeah, right? I mean, it, it just all of a sudden was gone. And, you know, there are drop-in classes in, in the city. I'm very lucky to be close to a big city where dance is a very big part. Um, but drop-in classes for me just weren't the same. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's something really special about meeting with the same group of dancers every week and sort of building this piece together and seeing it evolve into something that's then performed on stage. And you just don't get that experience with drop-in classes. And the more I talked to my friends who I danced with growing up, I realized that they felt the same way. And they also felt like something was missing from this new normal now that we're 
working in different fields. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, okay, there's a need for this. So why not just create the opportunity for this to become a thing again for all these people that truly need that outlet in their day-to-day life? So what did the first iteration of Continuum Dance Company look like? Was it, was it something completely different than what it is now? Um, it surprisingly was not. We were kind of following the same um, schedule, the same structure, but we had 15 members. So mm-hmm. there were 15 people in the dance company our first season. Um, now we're closer to 50. So it, it's, it was small, but the general structure and skeleton of the company was the same as it is now. Did you kind of take this structure from maybe what you learned in the past running dance, I guess, would it be fair to call them dance teams or, or classes? Yeah, 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 yeah. In, so in college, um, I was really active in the dance company at Rutgers and the structure kind of inspired the structure for Continuum. Um, so it was this idea of weekly rehearsals, a roster of all very different styles and choreographers that dancers could audition for their piece and then work with them to create a live dance that would then be performed for an audience. So I definitely took a lot of inspiration and history from that experience to sort of create this new one. So for sure. What does the structure kind of look like in terms of how many shows you're doing, schedule, Mm -hmm. this type of thing? Yes. So we have a four month long season and that includes weekly rehearsals. So each choreographer will have one hour of rehearsal each week for those four months. And then at the end of the season, we do two shows. So we do a Saturday night show and then a Sunday matinee. Obviously that's kind of shifted now with the new kind of normal of quarantine life. Um, But that was our typical structure pre-COVID. Were you a little scared in the beginning starting this thing? I guess you you had your friends and your group of people supporting you, but you know it's something you're starting on your own really, right? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely scary and a lot of work and a lot of time. But I think in my head when I was starting the company, it was kind of like, I'm making this for my friends mm-hmm. and my friends and I are gonna do this together and it's gonna be super fun and we're all gonna love it and have a great time. It didn't really occur to me that people I didn't know would start to become aware and want to join. Um, So I think that was a really cool thing that ended up happening is that it started to expand sort of outside of what I anticipated. Can you describe the cohort of people um, that are dancing in the company? I know a lot of them started as your friends, but um, who are they, what do they do? Maybe some of their backgrounds. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, everyone part of the company is incredible. They work in a really wide range of fields. So we have people working in accounting, education, epidemiology. I mean, anything you can think of, we've got. Um, But before that, they were dancers. They're people that I I dance with in college or high school. They're people, friends of friends, dance with in college or high school. And then they're also people that just kind of came across our company on Eventbrite and were interested and wanted to join. And I think it's been really special to not only dance alongside people that I've known for a very long time, but to meet a lot of new people because it's a really special bond kind of Mm -hmm. meeting weekly and creating these pieces together. So it's really become kind of just like a a big family that's continuing to grow. That's wonderful. And it sounds like you have some fun. 
Yeah, it, it's a blast. I mean, it it's almost nostalgic in a way because it feels like the days of college or high school when we were going to our just regular dance rehearsals and getting excited and ready for a show. Like it, it's very mm-hmm. nostalgic and something that you wouldn't really expect to be able to do in your adult life. That's awesome. And before I jump to this next point, I want to go off on a little tangent here. I, I had a look yeah. at the website. It's beautiful. It's well done. Do you, Thank you. Did you take um, anything you've learned from marketing over back over to building out your website, logos, pictures, even the e-commerce setup that you have? Because as someone who does marketing, I can tell it's uh, definitely detail-oriented. You know, I never thought of it that way, but that's a really fantastic point. I mean, I created the website using Squarespace, which has been a really great tool for me because I am not good by any means with technology. It was definitely a pretty painstaking process to get it set up, but I had a lot of help along the way. I mean, the Mm -hmm. logo was created by my really close friend, Allison Scalera, who's a graphic designer. A lot of the imagery was taken by my friends who are photographers. So Seva mm-hmm. Mangat, she did a lot of our photography. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of just like using my resources of friends that I knew were really talented in their fields that could mm-hmm. contribute something special to the company and the website to make it really appealing to people who are coming to check us out. Yeah, I mean, the, the company has itself has gotten a lot of attention. And I, I want to bring up a Forbes article that we saw and the commercials. Um, let's talk about it. What was it yeah. like maybe starting with the Forbes article, getting featured? Was it exciting? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that I think will forever be the coolest thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never top that. I mean, that was an incredible experience. The way I actually got that article to come to fruition was... I came in to work one morning at my previous job and the girl who sat next to me, Kathleen, she was like, hey, there's this post and they're looking for people who have a side hustle. You should send in your story and just see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, there's no way. Like, she's not going to be interested in this dance company. But all right, I'll send it in. And she loved it. She reached out right away and was like, this is fantastic. Can you answer these questions? And I'd love to have you as part of the article. And that was wild. Like that just was such a cool experience. And I'm so grateful to have people in my life that think of me in that situation (laughs) and are like, hey, you should try out for this because I never would on my own accord. And yeah, it was fantastic. It was really cool. And then the, the commercials also kind of came about in the same way. They just the company reached out. They were looking for dancers to be mm-hmm. background as part of these different super call Tanqueray videos. And I jumped on it. I was like, absolutely. This sounds like a blast. I have a full roster of dancers. Who do you want? We'll be there. Like, yeah. it, it, it's just things kind of happen and you go along for the ride. Did, did you have more people um, signing up for your auditions after after these things started popping up. Yeah, I I actually did. I think because it increased awareness definitely about the company. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the fact that the way we're structured is so different, um, Mm -hmm. I think caught people's eye and maybe inspired some people who wouldn't necessarily consider going back to dance at their mid to late 20s 
to kind of be like, wait, yeah, I can do this. Like all these other girls are going to rehearsal, performing on stage. Like, why don't I jump back into it too? Yeah, that's awesome. And follow up for the commercial question. How, mm-hmm. how does one dance in the background for a commercial? You obviously <laughs> don't want to steal the spotlight away from the product, but, but you have to of like, course. What, what, well, was, what was it like? I think going into that, we, that was like the first one our dance company had done the Super Call and Tanqueray video. And I think going into it, we were kind of like, all right, like, what's this going to be like? We're just going to like stand where they want us to stand and do what we're told and it's going to be great. And the producers were like, hey, you guys are dancers. Like, can you just put together something really quick, something cute and fun and we'll just record you doing it. We were like, oh, okay. So like, we did a little piece, like it was very short and sweet, um, but they were like, cool, cool, cool. We'll do it again, get it from a different angle. And we were like, okay, like they really wanted dancers. It was super fun. It was just like a very cool experience um, and getting their encouragement to kind of just do our thing was really nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it turned out really nice too. For for those who don't know what Tangere is, I I assume there's everyone does but it's a it's a gin so this was basically what a gin commercial uh, partnered with another company right yeah that's correct so they did um it was like an anniversary of tanqueray and they wanted to kind of pay homage to the gin and juice song so they wanted to really capture that essence and we had these really awesome outfits on and it was supposed to be like a fun house party in someone's backyard yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Okay. And maybe something not as fun, but I want to talk about COVID-19 <laughs> since, you know, we're living yeah. in this time, every conversation needs to touch on this, but mm-hmm. how did this pandemic kind of change the way you run this company? Yeah, so it, it changed things a lot. Um, so we ended up having to cancel our spring showcase. Um, we were kind of in the middle of the season when everything really kicked off with COVID. And that led to some more virtual rehearsals. But eventually it got to a point where we were realizing, you know, this isn't going away. This isn't something that's going to clear up by June. Um, so we canceled our our, rehe- our performance And then the fall season was kind of a wash because it it was like, we can't go into the studio for rehearsal. So we haven't been dancing really since last March. This past December though, this idea kind of came about of like, okay, if maybe an in-person indoor performance is not possible, then what is? So we've adjusted to now actually doing, it's gonna be an outdoor film festival. So our season that's coming up, which is actually starting in two weeks, is going to be all virtual rehearsals. So we're doing virtual auditions where the dancers will learn the choreography over video. They'll submit a video of themselves performing it as their audition. And then we'll have weekly virtual rehearsals where they'll, they'll dance on Zoom together. They'll learn the choreography. And then towards the end of the season, we're going to hopefully have two in-person rehearsals where we'll have really strict mandates about people ensuring that they haven't been in contact with everyone, with anyone that has COVID and kind of use that as an opportunity to sort of tie the bow around everything that was learned, get used to formations and spacing and kind of understand how the piece is coming about with everyone in one place together. 
And then we actually hired um, a few really amazing videographers to record these dance films for us. So they're gonna go to a shoot location of the choreographer's choosing. Mm -hmm. They're gonna record the film and then we'll have an outdoor film festival to kind of premiere all these dance films that we've spent the season creating. So it's a complete shift from what we typically do. Um, it's kind of just, you know, making the most of what we have right now and understanding that things need to move to digital virtual rehearsals but you know, still kind of trying to maintain what we're doing and, and keep it going forward. Do you think this is kind of reflective of what's happening in dance as a whole? Like, I, I'm sure studios mm -hmm. have shut down across the country, mm -hmm. if not the world. Uh, people are having yeah. to use Zoom for dance classes, right? Yeah, it, it, it's pretty unfortunate um, because I think something that's really special about dance is that in-person, being alongside people, working together. Mm -hmm. So it, it's definitely more difficult, I think, to do it over Zoom, but I think the dance industry is seeing it just across the board. I mean, like you said, dance studios are shutting down because they haven't been able to host rehearsals um, in their space. A lot of choreographers are moving to virtual drop-in classes. And doing dance virtually, I think, kind of has its own challenges with kind of the lag in video, the, yeah. the difficulty in understanding if they're mirrored or if they're not on the screen. It presents its own set of difficulties, but I think people are kind of just rolling with the punches because they want to keep moving, they want to keep dancing. Um, so it's kind of just taking what you can get. And as a whole, maybe this is a broader question, but I want mm -hmm. you to name the biggest challenge and also the most rewarding aspect of Continuum, um, counting all the pre-pandemic things from the very beginning to what it is right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'd say the biggest challenge is probably just juggling the company with work. You know, I, I think that's a really special aspect of the company because we are able to incorporate dance alongside our careers, but there's also a downside of that and that I do really commit a lot of my time to my corporate work. So it's kind of tricky finding that balance of investing my time there, investing my time in continuum, but then also having free time to just yeah. kind of relax or just, you know, have my own thing going outside of working. Do um, you relax? So I, well, it, honestly, that has probably been the thing I'm trying to improve on the most this year is like okay. having those moments of self-care because I think for myself, I tend to um, deprioritize self-care. I definitely have that like workhorse mentality of like, go, 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 always be working, always be doing something productive. And, you know, that's just not healthy because you, you burn out. You burn yeah, out from yeah. just constantly working. So I think for me, it's something I need to actively think about. And I'm sure for a lot of people that kind of have that same personality type, you need to like actively think about taking time for yourself and being like, okay, does this need to get done right now? Or can it wait? And can I take this hour to just like relax and watch TV? So yeah, I'd say that's probably been the most difficult thing is just juggling everything at once. But on the flip side, the most rewarding thing has just been the experience itself and seeing people get so much joy through being part of the company 
And through having that outlet back in their life, I think pretty much all of us that are in the company sort of graduated college with this idea that like, that's it, it's over, we're not dancing anymore, it's on to the next chapter of our lives. And it's really special to see everyone regain that back um, and just, you know, have that hour of rehearsal to feel completely enveloped in what we're doing and happy. So that's definitely been the most rewarding, I would say. You, um, let me phrase this question in a, in a good way. Do you <laughs> spend time at work thinking about getting to continuum or, or the um, other way around? I, I definitely do. Um, I mean, the lucky or maybe unlucky part is that usually work is so crazy and there's so much going on that I don't mm -hmm. really have an opportunity to think about other things. But when I have some kind of relaxing downtime during the workday, I definitely start thinking about, all right, what song am I going to be choreographing to? How much time do I have to choreograph my piece? What is my scheduling going to look like? My mind definitely um, does tend to wander when I have those moments of quietness at work. Okay. And, and are you still waking up at 5 a.m. every day? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> yeah. So for reference, um, it was in the Forbes article. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did that for a good number of years, but once quarantine hit, forget it. Like not having to worry about commuting to work, no way. I'm sleeping <laughs> in. I'm giving myself maybe an hour or two before I log on to work to kind of do my own thing. But waking up at five, that is not part of my schedule anymore. That's that's nice. It's, it's good to not have a <laughs> commute. I, I'm doing the same thing and the extra mm -hmm. hour of time is like, it's great. If I want to do something great and if I want to sleep, it's even better. Absolutely. Yeah, it's nice having the flexibility and I do kind of miss the uh, the structure of it and just having the routine, but it's also nice to sleep in every once in a while or just lounge around for an hour before you have to get to the workday. Sleep, sleep is fantastic. It is. What is um, your favorite style of dance? Probably contemporary. I love contemporary dance to kind of uh, explain what it is contemporary is have you seen like so you think you can dance um yeah i well no i've seen america's best dance crew like many years ago okay um, okay so that's more kind of in like the hip-hop field okay so you think you can dance is a show that probably a lot of people have seen if they're yeah. somewhat interested in the, the dance field um and contemporary is kind of like i try to describe it as a faster version of ballet to more modern music okay. so it is very technical um, with like proper technique but it's usually to fun music that people maybe know mm -hmm. um, I love that form of dance it's probably been the one I've been most involved in growing up and then modern I really like as well modern is kind of the opposite of contemporary in the sense that it doesn't need to be very technical. So instead of focusing on turnout and proper alignment of your body, it's more, I guess, like creative and out of the box. So okay. I think those two are probably the most interesting and fun for me. What is one style of dance that maybe you've never even tried, but you're curious about? Um, I'd probably say any kind of ballroom or, or Latin dancing. I think partner dances are really beautiful to watch and I'm sure a very different experience from solo dancing. 
so one day I'd love to kind of try that and see what that experience is like. I love watching it. I've just never tried it myself. Okay. Yeah. I've tried salsa, but it's just nice. doesn't really work for me. <laughs> it's hard. It's definitely hard. It takes a lot of um, technique that I don't think I have either. <laughs> It, it helps if you have Latino friends, like I, I have yes. <laughs> quite a few and they're just like, oh, it's easy, but it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I, I agree with you. It's not easy. And, and this brings me, you know, this is very similar to my next point. I know people who I would consider to be even more rhythm challenged than myself. <laughs> I don't want to point fingers at Germans like I always do, but I'm going to. At a concert, they usually just like stiff as a board and then their heads are bobbing a little bit. <laughs> But That's amazing. What what would you tell somebody who's a complete beginner or has never really tried yeah. dancing? Maybe they're uncomfortable because they know they don't look too good. How how does someone look smoother when the music starts playing at a party? I mean, I think you made a really good point there that like the stiffer you are, the more awkward it's gonna look. Yeah. So I'd say probably the biggest thing is like loosening up your body. I think the tendency when you're like nervous or unsure is to kind of tighten up and be like yeah. stiff as a board, but kind of bouncing loose into the knees, relaxing the shoulders and upper body, I think will inherently kind of make you look a little smoother, more relaxed and just kind of feeling the music. I don't know much about dance, but like the thing I've kind of learned is it's a really easy way to kind of translate the emotion you have. Like if you're feeling happy yes. and you're moving and someone just sees you and they start feeling happy, you can like, you can easily make friends. Like I've made friends just, yeah. just kind of like physically bouncing around on a dance yeah, floor. Yeah. Cause it's like you're expressing your emotions through movement. Like there, you can of course express that through like your facial expressions mm -hmm. um, and the way you speak. But I think seeing the whole body kind of express that is like a different, it's a different way to kind of take in someone's emotions and how they're feeling and like build off of that and kind of respond with your own movement. It's super cool. It's definitely a very cool um, way to experience things with other people. This next topic I have is kind of similar to this, like appreciating the little details in dance. Like, let's say, I'm sure this has happened. Let's say someone has a relative, friend, a partner, mom or dad coming to see mm -hmm. your, your dance show. What is something that they could look for in the performance to get a deeper appreciation for either the work you took to make it, mm -hmm. to choreograph it, the skill it takes to execute a difficult move or timing mm -hmm. or even the story in a performance? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's twofold. So I think kind of related to what we were talking about, about sort of enveloping yourself more in the piece by acknowledging the music as a more central part of it. Mm -hmm. I think the tendency when watching dance pieces is to watch the movement and kind of let the music become a secondary like background noise that's supporting it. But I think if you really listen to all the details in the music very actively, you'll notice some really beautiful ways that the choreographer has created movement that accentuates those small details. Aside from that, I think layering choreography is hard. <laughs> so when you see different people or groups on stage doing different movement, uh, definitely know that that was some extra work in the choreographer's process um, because that's definitely something that's hard to execute, but adds some really beautiful layers to what you're watching. 
what kind of steps are in in choreography? I know this is probably a huge, Mm -hmm. huge area, but what's the outline? I think it's very different for each person. Mm -hmm. Um, I think all choreographers kind of have their own process of how they go about putting a piece together. For me personally, it's first finding a song that I feel really connected to and passionate about and that kind of just evokes that movement to come naturally and then the process really starts with just listening that song a million times and listening for those small details and really paying attention to how that artist has constructed the song and the things that they've added to to make it what it is And then from there, things just kind of spark, like hearing little details in the song that inspire you to visualize a certain movement will kind of just come about. You sort of just build off of that. I I think for me, I tend to have a few key moments in the song where I can visualize exactly what I think fits well, and then building around it to sort of create a story that evolves and really mirrors what the artist was trying to convey with the music itself. How many times have you begun to do or work with a song so much that you hate it <laughs> or that you cannot listen to it outside of, outside of dance? I would say every time. Yeah. <laughs> it, after listening to a song like a thousand times, you start to just be like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to hear and it at a party or an- nope. anywhere, yeah. No, I mean, you're listening to the song over and over again to choreograph, and then you're listening to it over and over in rehearsal. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just never ending that song on repeat for four months. Um, So I think by (laughs) the end, you're kind of sick of it. But when you see the piece on stage, you you kind of regain that love for it again, because you're like, okay, this was like, it started off as just loving this song and feeling inspired by it and like here's something on stage that came out of that I'd say it's maybe a love-hate relationship towards the end okay very complex and Mm -hmm. and this (laughs) what I have next is the last kind of detail dance detail question I see a lot of um this is all over maybe Instagram or social media Mm -hmm. but I see dancers doing this the standing side split and yeah. As a martial artist, I'm, I'm jealous, you know, I, w- I would love to have that flexibility. How, how long does it take to get there? Is it a lifelong um, thing or? Well, I think it, it really depends on the person yeah, um, and how, how early you start and how much you practice. So when you're younger, I mean, like l- little kids that are like six, seven years old, their bones are like non-existent. They can just whack their leg up there and like it's nothing for them. So I think if you start super young and you maintain it, it's a piece of cake. Starting it a little bit later in life, I I think it really just comes down to daily stretching. I've known people that could barely touch their toes and after daily stretching and like really committing to working those muscles, they've been able to get into a split. So it's really just committing the time to it because if it doesn't come naturally, you can definitely get there. But it's, it's definitely a rigorous stretch schedule for sure. <laughs> are there any stretches? I mean, I don't want anyone to hurt themselves, but are there any stretches <laughs> or flexibility exercises that people can take from dance um, to, you know, just benefit? 
for health reasons or, or just feeling yeah. limber? Absolutely. I mean, I think just stretching either every morning or every night is just great in general to sort of limber up your body and feel a little bit better after laying in bed all night. But aside from just stretching out your body, I, I think ballet is a really great thing for people to sort of incorporate into their fitness schedule because mm-hmm. even though it doesn't seem like a very um, rigorous workout, it's really fantastic for your body. I mean, it, it shows you proper alignment and helps you kind of just feel better in mm-hmm. all of your joints. Um, and it's really difficult. I mean, just doing plies, you'll feel those muscles working. If you're really standing in that proper alignment, you'll feel muscles you've never felt before. I think it, ballet is something that I think everyone should at least try once and just kind of get an appreciation for like how your body feels in that, in that method. Okay. Notes, notes taken people. Ballet. (laughs) Start doing ballet. Yeah. Um, (laughs) next question what is one unexpected place or a situation you ended up in that was influenced by dance I think probably the most unexpected outside of the the commercials that we already talked about was probably the the Super Bowl halftime show Um, when I was this one yeah when I was in college it was the I guess it was the 2014 Super Bowl that was in New Jersey Um, The producers were reaching out to people in the tri-state area, just like looking for dancers to be part of it and to like fill the field. Mm -hmm. And they reached out to Rutgers um, and our dance company was like, absolutely, we'll be there. And that was super cool. I mean, it was just a once in a lifetime experience. You would never think that being part of a college dance company would bring you to that. It was really wild. Awesome. Okay, so maybe I can I can share before I ask you this, but I like uh, Black Swan, but my guilty pleasure <laughs> is probably I watched it the first time on an airplane was Dirty Dancing, and and I like tried oh, to nice. hide hide a little bit um, the people <laughs> next to me, but I was like, you know what, I might as well watch this. So, what is your favorite dance movie? Okay, this is gonna be an interesting answer and probably one you haven't gotten before but I'm not really a movie person. Oh! Um, I know. And see, that's the reaction I get from everyone I tell. They're like, how? Why? What is wrong with you? (laughs) I have this really weird thing where like movies make me sad for some reason. I think I get so invested in the characters and the story that like once it's over, I'm like, no, it can't be over. <laughs> so I actually tend to to not watch movies so much, but I have seen Dirty Dancing, and I will say that one is fantastic. Um, so by default, I'd probably have to go with your answer. <laughs> okay, okay. Can you share any life skills you've taken from dancing that might that you apply to areas that are not directly connected to dance? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, something that I'll never really forget is being probably 10 or maybe even younger in ballet class. And I remember my ballet teacher saying to always present ourselves as ballerinas in the outside world when we're outside of class. And that really stuck with me for some reason, because it gave this idea of keeping that really tall chin up 
posture in everything I do, which I think is, is something really great to hear that young as a young girl to get, have someone telling you like always walk with your chin up your shoulders back like be proud and so I think kind of still maintaining that of like always trying to walk proud and like have a presence has, has probably been something that I, I stuck to the most. I love it that's great I feel like you you've moved through life like a ballerina <laughs> I hope so. That's the intention. My ballet teacher from 15 years ago would be proud to hear that. <laughs> so, so we will never catch you slouching on, on a call when you're... Um, well, I will say quarantine has definitely brought, brought some <laughs> slouch to me. Sitting in my chair in my room all day for the past 10 months has definitely brought in some, some slouching. <laughs> okay, we'll give you some, some slack here. <laughs> Um, Thank you. Thank you. Let's jump to our awesome personality questions, which are just as great as all the other ones. But yeah, um, can you name a role model you have and tell us why you respect this person? I would have to say my dad. Um, my dad is probably one of my biggest role models. Um, he came to the United States with basically nothing from Croatia. Um, he got his master's degree, his PhD in civil engineering. He brought my my mom and my two sisters who were super, super young at the time to the United States from Croatia as well. And they kind of just started their life here. And he's been able to build a really beautiful life for our family purely through his hard work. Um, and I think that's probably where I get a lot of my work ethic from is just seeing him work so hard has, I think, inspired me to to want to do that as well and to give my all to anything that I do and ensure that I'm always trying my best and working as hard as I can to create something special. Awesome. This next question has nothing, maybe it can have something to do with it, but describe your ideal breakfast. Well, so here's the disclaimer. I'm vegan. So breakfast is a tricky one. It can still vegan. be fun. <laughs> it can still be tasty. It, it definitely can. And I'd have to say like a breakfast wrap of tofu scramble and some vegan bacon, that is probably it for me. If you can make a good vegan breakfast wrap, I'm set. Okay. And this one just popped into my head. Can you recommend a Croatian dish for people to try out? Yeah. I think it, if you're not vegan, chivape is it. It's okay. like, um, trying to describe it as like maybe a, a sausage, but it has some really amazing spices in there. It's just so good. That's probably the, the meal I miss the most. Um, now not eating meat. Those are fantastic. Definitely a must try. Maybe you can have a tofu chinape. I, I can't pronounce that, but, <laughs> or, or a impossible burger chinape. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure someone makes it somewhere and I will do some research to try and find it now that you've brought it up. What is an unusual habit that you have or an absurd thing that you love? I love organizing, which I think is pretty weird. Um, I have this like obsessive habit of like purging things that I don't want or need anymore and just like reorganizing. 
I think during quarantine, my like new thing has now been kitchen pantry organization. <laughs> yeah. So there's this like show that I started watching. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called um, The Home Edit. Nope. They just basically go and like organize people's houses really beautifully. And it just looks so spotless after. And I think that was where the, the kitchen pantry inspiration came. I started getting like containers to put my flour in and containers for pasta, which just feels so weird and unnecessary. But for some reason, I love it. It brings me joy. So here we are with an organized apartment. <laughs> and, and I noticed you wrote in your bio for this website that you love mm-hmm. doing Excel sheets, right? Oh, I love Excel. Yeah, There's that's kind of weird. about it. Right? See, that is weird. And it's something that I didn't learn much about until later in life, probably in my second corporate job, I had a boss who was like, I'm going to teach you all these Excel tricks, and you're going to start to love it. And I was like, there's no way. She taught me these tricks. And now I I love Excel. If I could choose any format to do my work in, it would be Excel. Very weird. Have you always been this organized? Like, I I can't remember from younger years Um, but have you been I don't think so actually I think in in high school and younger it wasn't really a big thing for me I think maybe once I hit college and like you start to get more things on your plate Mm -hmm. I think I started to feel a sense of needing more organization just to like kind of get my life under control after becoming more of an adult I guess you could say and then from there forget it it was all downhill now I'm so type (laughs) a everything needs to be like organized and scheduled and in a planner. It's kind of a lot. That's kind of scary for me. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. disorganized <laughs> myself. That's <laughs> fun though. You're living on the edge. You're just riding the wave. I wish yeah. I could kind of do that a little bit more. I find that living like this naturally, there's people like you who just come into different parts of my life, like at work, at home, (laughs) someone's always trying to like clean up whatever I'm doing (laughs) or like, or putting it in a nicer looking way. So it's always about the balance. You you always need one person who's more relaxed and creative and just going with the flow. And then one who's like, we need to organize your sock drawer. You need one of each. Yes, I, I have a sock and underwear basket or box, and I, nice. I've never had that in my life until recently. So, okay, there you go. Yeah. Small life changes. Makes a big difference. <laughs> who, who, in your opinion, is an underrated celebrity dancer? People who, like, someone people might have heard of around the so, world. So, I think um, someone or some people, rather, who are very big in the dance industry, but maybe not so much outside of it, are Keone and Mari Madrid. So they are a couple who, they actually have a baby now, which is so sweet, but they choreograph these absolutely incredible pieces. And outside of the dance industry, I feel like people know of dancers or dance companies or performing artists. Like I I think Keone actually choreographs a lot for BTS. And like everyone knows them, but they don't necessarily know the person behind the movement. So I'd have to say them, like they're absolutely incredible. And they have this one piece called We Are. And whenever I feel like I'm kind of in a creative block, I watch that piece and I instantly feel like inspired and ready to create. And just, it's surreal. I've seen it so many times and I still get the same effect every time I watch it. 
Is there anywhere in the world that you would like to travel for dance or to experience the dance culture? Well, so I've actually never been to um, South America. Mm -hmm. So I would love to, I mean, that's on my list of travels, but I need to start exploring that part of the world. Um, and I think experiencing that dance and being immersed in the culture would be such a cool experience, especially because, like I said, I've never tried any kind of Latin dance. So to get that really like cultural firsthand experience, I think would be fantastic. And what is one thing you're looking forward to either connected to dance or outside of dance for this year? I am excited to just get back into dancing in general. Yeah. Um, I pretty much didn't dance between March and December of past year. I mean, it was like here and there, but not really. So I'm really excited to just kind of get back into the swing of things, even if it's virtual rehearsals, just getting back into that movement and creating and choreographing, I think is going to be really good for me. Um, and I think good for anyone that's decided to join us and be part of it. And then outside of dance, I mean, I, I'm hoping to maybe do some travel by the end of the year if, if things start to look up. Um, I love to travel and I love exploring new places. So I'm kind of itching to do some more of that. So keeping our fingers crossed that by the end of this year, there's kind of more, more safety in doing that. We will see. Okay. And for this next one, we'll, we'll bring earth to you. Okay. This is a, nice. a, a little situation. You have the entire earth as your Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media platform you want, um, as you're following for one post, what is your message to every one message to everyone everywhere? It would probably be um, to be kind and know that everyone is doing their best. I think there's definitely a tendency to get frustrated or judge what other people are doing or how they're doing it when it, it really comes down to everyone's doing their best. Everyone's trying to present themselves in the best way they can. Well, let's not say everyone, let's say <laughs> most people. <laughs> and to just kind of show a little bit more kindness and acceptance towards people that maybe, maybe you don't think they're doing the right thing. They're trying to do the right thing. Okay. I think, I think this is definitely something people can act on day to day. Now, now yeah. this last brain teaser question is something I just snuck in here, but you've proclaimed yourself as a horse girl and you've also, <laughs> and you've also called yourself a cat lady. So um, I want you to choose one. Like it's gotta be one or the other. Are you, are you cats or horses? Oh, it's definitely cats. Now okay. it's cats for sure. I have two cats. I'm obsessed with them. Horses were, were more so my thing in like middle and high school. I was definitely the horse girl growing up. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's kind of, I, I don't really ride horses that much anymore. I'm not around them. I still love them and would love to go on a horseback riding adventure sometime soon. Um, but lately, it's definitely cats for me. Do you, do you think there's a lot of horse girls who end up being <laughs> cat women? Um. I would say yes. I think the tendency to to love animals comes from a lot of horse girls. I feel like if you're a horse girl, you probably really like other animals as well. And uh, 
while it's maybe more difficult to have your own horse, it's very easy to have your own cat. So I would say that's probably a good, a good indicator. Okay, that that is a good spot to wrap things up at. Um, <laughs> what before we do that though, what what does the future hold for Continuum in both the short and long term? Can you give us your plans? Yeah, so short term, I I think it's mainly getting back up and running, um, kind of adjusting to the new normal by going more digital with what we're doing. Um, hopefully, within the next. Uh, year or two getting back into studios with more in-person rehearsals and then long term it's expanding right now most of our rehearsals take place in either jersey city or manhattan but i do know a lot of people that live in south jersey or out of state that would love to participate and can't necessarily because of the distance so i'd love to expand to kind of bring more opportunities to people that aren't necessarily in close proximity to us and where can we send people if they're curious about Continuum? Where can we send them online? Or even dancers who want to audition? Yeah, our, our website is definitely a good place to get a lot of information about us. Um, it's continuumdanceco.com. We also have an Instagram, which is continuumdanceco. Um, and on our Instagram, we have a link to our virtual auditions for anyone that may be interested in getting back into dance. All right. Any, any questions for Michael before we wrap this up? Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to flip it on you and ask what has been the most rewarding thing for you with this whole experience? I mean, you've talked to so many different people in so many different walks of life and fields. Like what, what has been the most rewarding thing for you throughout all this? Um, okay, I'll, I'll give you like a multifaceted answer. I'd say like yeah. right off the bat, is meeting all these people, also mm -hmm. getting to know people who I've known for a long time in a different light. Like mm -hmm. this, this interview format allows me to kind of dive deeply into a specific topic. So I might know someone for a long time, but I didn't know that their passion was like so deep for this mm -hmm. one area. And then I'd say this next part is kind of related. It's, it's like, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like sometimes, like I've had people who, who maybe I, didn't think they would want to share, but then I just end up asking and it opens up a, a whole new, a whole new world, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it's helped me open up a lot of different relationships and it's, it's always good to just ask. And then you, sometimes you get a whole lot more than you thought you ever um, asked for. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's been super cool. That's amazing. Well, Thank you so much for having me. I mean, seeing your work and all these people you're talking to, it's pretty crazy that I, I'm now part of that lineup. Um, you've talked to some amazing people and I think what you're doing is fantastic. So thank you for having me. Petra, thank you for coming on. And listeners, I hope you learned a whole lot about dance, a lot about Petra and check out the links. I'll leave them in the podcast description and uh, have a good day, people. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.